Hi everyone, it's The Slip Up, I'm Ivor Beck. We're still exploring the mechanics of human risk, and today is an intro to diagnostics, how you can reliably determine if a team is at risk of making catastrophic errors. So these days, it seems like humanity's understanding of how reality functions and what is and isn't possible is almost constantly being humbled and challenged. Diffusion models are suddenly creating breathtaking art. Something as constant and fundamental as the seasons or the weather is changing and rapidly. And electric cars, well, they're becoming significantly better drivers than your mom. But the pill that seems the hardest to swallow right now is the disenchantment of human behavior. With the help of large mathematical models and vast networks of powerful computers, researchers are bit by bit decoding the universal patterns of how humans behave. And it turns out we are way more predictable and much easier to influence than our sense of free will allows us to think. Our immediate experience of navigating human interactions and being part of society feels intuitive and spontaneous, like an art form, not like math and logic. But just like diffusion models are revealing that math and logic can be translated into stunning, even emotionally gripping art, so is sociology revealing that the ethereal currents of societies and cultures can be translated into quite precise calculations. As it turns out, human behavior is a bit like the weather. Predicting the shape and trajectory of a single snowflake is almost impossible. But with today's computers and a bit of machine learning, we can accurately predict both the formation and the movement of a whole snowfront well in advance, down to the minute. These days, a next-day weather forecast is almost 100% correct, and a five-day forecast is still 90% accurate. Accordingly, science cannot reliably predict the various choices of a single individual person, but with, again, computers and machine learning, it can explain and predict the actions of groups of people with surprising accuracy, and even reveal how to influence them. The new scientific discipline behind this is called computational sociology, and it's been slowly transforming government, marketing, technology design, and organizational science for decades now. Just think how entertainment or politics have changed over the last few years. It's now all about algorithms, which is just a fancy way of saying that it's about accurately translating who people are into numbers, and then using patterns in those numbers to provide content, products, and services that resonate. I'm going to try to illustrate this without boring you with math. So, a bit more than 10 years ago, the Walt Disney Company bought the rights to Star Wars. And as this was happening, they set up a grand traveling exhibition of Star Wars props to tour the world. The show was so rich and unique that it drew millions of visitors. It was called Star Wars Identities, and while the exhibition itself was quite magnificent, its genius was that each visitor was handed a very Star Warsy gadget that tracked your progress through the venue and recorded the process of you creating your own Star Wars identity, who you would be in the Star Wars universe. 
In order to find this out, you used your cool gadget to interact with various terminals within the exhibition and choosing between opposing statements like I am easily annoyed on the one side and I'm relaxed and sociable on the other. To those in the know, it was immediately obvious that this was being used to rate each visitor on the so-called NEO-FFI, one of the established instruments for quantifying personality. In the show notes, you'll find a link to a YouTube video showing this in action at the exhibition. For the visitor, this resulted in the system revealing who they'd be in the Star Wars universe. In my case, an Ewok smuggler from Cloud City, which my friends say perfectly fits the bill, do with that information what you like. Disney, on the other hand, now had hard data on the personality traits of millions of Star Wars fans across the globe. The experts who designed the exhibition, mostly psychologists, could now apply computational sociology to understand the tendencies that shape the behavior of Star Wars fans and could pair them with decades of thorough research about what triggers which reactions in what types of groups. Have you noticed lately how many different Star Wars shows there are? That there's something out there for everyone and that they seem to hit home on a deeper, thoroughly emotional level? This is the algorithm at work. The data from the exhibition made it possible to create experiences that don't just latch onto the same old tricks that Hollywood has been writing since forever, but that are tailored to the traits of specific fans on a way more fundamental level. This fact, that our quirks and our character, things we assume are unique, intangible and somehow ethereal, can so reliably be put into numbers and used to achieve specific effects, can be very unnerving. It can make people feel vulnerable and less special, but the thing is, they're not. We're only predictable in groups, as weather, not as individual snowflakes. And understanding groups better gives each one of us the opportunity to actually become more special by understanding which of our traits simply reflect the groups that we are part of and which truly are our very intrinsic own. So how does all of this loop back to human risk? Well. Remember how last time we explored how the high-consequence industry spent decades researching the behaviors and errors of airline crews in an attempt to pinpoint and remove the exact causes of catastrophic errors? Well, the diagnostic tools they used for this were the very same that Disney used to map the traits of Star Wars fans. They're the same that NASA uses to track how stressed astronauts are, that the CDC uses to monitor if lab people are becoming too complacent about security, that I use to uncover corruption tendencies in organizations, or that nuclear power plants use to determine if teams are assertive enough to oppose bad decisions. You might now be wondering, okay, so what are these magical tools? Is it one of those four-color systems of measuring personality? Is it a software product? No. They all use survey methods and algorithms from the social sciences. Instruments that have been proven accurate and useful over decades and thousands upon thousands of studies and analyses. These are tools like the Copenhagen Psychosocial Questionnaire, or the NASA Task Load Index, or the Team Climate Inventory, or the Unified Theory of Acceptance and Use of Technology. That's a mouthful, I know. 
And there's hundreds more like these. They can be complex to handle, yes, and they require a good grasp of math and statistics, but they actually and indisputably work, like a weather forecast. They aren't a risk, they aren't up for debate. With these tools, you can accurately and reliably measure almost 600 traits of groups, providing you with a level of insight about their behaviors, their attitudes and tendencies that they sometimes don't even have themselves. This is how modern military organizations determine which teams get what security clearance. This is how Disney or Nike or BMW build products that will hit home with very specific groups. This is how nuclear power plants decide who's in charge and who isn't. This is how large medical facilities know which crews can take another extra shift and who needs to be relieved fast. Or, to put it more bluntly, with these tools, you can reliably determine if, and more importantly why, a team is at risk of making catastrophic errors. Using computational sociology and risk management like this is a match made in heaven. It provides amazing clarity and focus and doesn't just reveal problems, but also their causes and what to do about them. It makes it possible to act. It eliminates the need to pester the whole organization because it pinpoints the teams that actually need attention. And in order to get these measurements, most of the time you just need to run a quick little survey. I'm going to show you in detail how such a diagnostic measurement works, but that's next time on The Slip-Up. If you don't want to miss out on this, you can subscribe on your podcast app, but also on our Substack. This will deliver all new episodes straight to your email inbox as they are published. That's at slipup.substack.com. The link is also in the show notes. <laughs>